What's shaking? Hey, I'm Rick Jordan. Today, we're going all in. All right, today you are in for a treat because I don't do this often. This is actually what we call a cross post in the podcasting world. I guested on someone else's show. This dude is a badass. He's Anthony Trucks, has an amazing show. Uh, we had just a, such a great conversation that I needed to share this with you. So you'll hear a lot from me, obviously, because I'm actually being interviewed. And let's just get to it. All right, here we go. Hey, hey, welcome into the show. Uh, I'm excited to dive into this because uh, we had a little, we'll call it brief intro conversation. I like the way that this man thinks. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Rick Jordan. How you doing, man? What's shaking, my man? Thanks for having me on, dude. I'll thank you for coming. Thank you for coming on and grace us with your presence. I look forward to uh, to people that have, here's the thing, I look forward to talking to people who've accomplished things that many people uh, sometimes probably scoff at, like, oh, he's not real. Like, because what happens is you can either criticize or you can you can rise, right? Yeah. And if you just criticize, you never get the chance at that higher level. And and so people like you, uh, I like to dig into so people can hear not just the success and how to get it, but also the heart of the human. Because it's not a heartless thing; it's just a transparency thing. We all want this this thing in life, and some people are honest enough to go tell you what it is. So I start the podcast with a simple question, and then I will stop talking as much as I am. I'll let you talk way more. <laughs> uh, but here's the question. I'm walking around town. I happen to sit down at this coffee shop. You're sitting next to me. I don't know you. For some reason, you feel compelled to turn and start talking to me. In your opinion, why should I listen to you? Just because I love people, man. And I, I, I'm not anybody if I'm not talking to other people. I think that our, our purpose on this planet is to interact with others. You know, so, I mean, people will get into the introvert and extrovert thing, regardless whether you're an introvert or not, right? I'm obviously an extrovert, right? I don't know if I, you've taken like 16 personalities or anything. It was like, you're a 99% extrovert. It's like, tell me something mm -hmm. I don't know. Right? Yeah. But, but still, introverts, it doesn't matter where you're at or what you're doing on this planet. You are here to interact and to have relationships with other people, period. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. it, that's how resources go around. You're not here just to stay to yourself. In a, in a resource perspective, you are here to give what you have to everybody else around you, and that gets reciprocated back. I like it, man. That's a good way to think of it. Uh, I, I always uh, love that one statement that says, the, the rent we should pay to live in this planet is the service to others. Yeah. And it is. It's Even biologically, we're connected in a way or designed in a way to do oh, this. Oh, for sure. Like, fact, I can have a thought in my head that makes air come out of my lungs, that vibrates vocal cords, that comes out of my mouth, into your ears, and creates a thought like that's not by random design, right? That's yeah, a yeah. unique damn trait, man. So let's do this. I, I, I love what you've done. And as opposed to me sitting here going like, he's done this and this and this and this, uh, I'd love for you to share. And we'll call this the, uh, the non bashful, like just, just a, hey, let it all hang out. Yeah. What are the things that, that you've accomplished that you were the most proud of? It's funny when you said, I love what you've done. My immediately immediate question was, well, what thing are you talking about? Because I'm like, there's so many things. Yeah, and I, I say that things. just as a matter of fact, not in arrogance, you know, because I, yeah. I, if you want to call me that, that cliche, the serial entrepreneur, you know, but it's, mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't, I don't like that phrase so much because it, it you know, it like screams out ADD or non-focus, right? I like to think of it more as like, I go where I'm needed in the moments. Gotcha. Uh, and so, I mean, even down to like making a movie about the lockdown three years ago, right? When, when COVID hit, it was like, all right, this came across my plate. Like, yeah. sure, I'll jump on it. Right. The, yeah. the business is doing great. You know, everybody's like sitting in their house right now. There's not mm -hmm. much that's going to happen for the next three months. I can devote six weeks to go filming a documentary on what's going on. 
And yeah. it was pretty cool because that opened up some other doors even just in itself. So, I mean, that's one thing, right? As an example, it's like you just go where yeah. you're needed. And I, I think like that's, that's a huge factor for people to help find their purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I'm thinking about this too, I, I get the question a lot. It's like, you know, because I have a lot of younger people that work for me, right, in my company. And mm-hmm. they're in their 20s. And they're like, well, how, how, do you, how did you figure out what you were supposed to do? And it's like, I just did things. Things, yeah. yeah and it's literally that that it just crossed my my path and i'm like okay i'll try this now yeah and you know, it's funny is I, i've always told people i think life is a really unique plan for us and we mess it up yeah we don't yeah. try things we shut down and and i, I like what you're talking to because actually people ask me that question too i i speak and coach go how do you find your purpose how do you find your thing and i go man 10 years ago i was a football player i thought i was gonna be an NFL football player my entire i was gonna retire doing that and then yeah. I, I got done i was like I was going to do a gym thing because I have my degree in kinesiology, you know, novel idea for an athlete to do fitness and uh, <laughs> consulting and speaking. And, and, you know, yeah. and so it's a whole flow, but I go, here's what I found. It always starts with a curiosity. The curiosity leads into some time spent in something without worrying about the time. I get oddly passionate about it. And as I'm doing this thing with passion, I stumble into a pothole of purpose. Some yeah. Way. yeah. But you got to dabble and try and dance. And you realize like maybe my purpose isn't this, but it's to continue to keep seeking the next purpose of the day or the year or whatever it is from the things you develop as skill sets. Right on. That's similar to like Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, right? Everybody knows him from yeah, Dirty yeah. Jobs, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. wh- wh- why did you do this? And it's like, people are like, I got to find the thing that I love or whatever. And it's like, well, sure. But if you look at the way that he looks at things, he goes, I found something that I was good at. Yeah. Then I learned to love it. Then I got mm-hmm. rich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you love it, you'll do it. Right? Yeah. And I think there's something to the idea nowadays of uh, people one, everything should be easy and smooth. I should always feel good. Like, nah, you shouldn't. Like, I don't think that's the, because then there's, there's no pride in the accomplishment. <laughs> there's a lot of days. Yeah. I was telling my son yesterday, I go, we got to figure a way to get you to do something that, that you don't want to do, even if you don't want to do it. Like, you may not want to do it, you still got to do it as if you love it. But yeah. I, I would fake yeah. it till I, but you got to, because that's how you get great things. Those who don't do that, they don't get the stuff you want. Yeah. I try to stay fit, obviously, right? And this is a, a metaphor that everybody can can go towards. There was mm-hmm. a day last week, you know, and it's typically like three days on, one day off is what I'll do. Yeah. You know, with mm-hmm. different muscle groups, it's all free weights. Uh, there yeah. was a night to where I just could not sleep, man. And you know how this is, right? From from your, from your training, you if you get three hours of sleep, your muscles are going to feel like shit in the morning. Yeah. They just are, right? When when you wake mm-hmm. up. So, but that's the day. Like, I woke up, I go to eat my breakfast because that's part of my routine. Is I immediately eat, then I work out, light meal mm-hmm. right before I work out. Yeah. And I'm thinking, it's like it, I'm starting to wrestle with myself. It's like maybe I shouldn't because you know I didn't get much sleep. My muscles are already sore from this and everything. Yeah. I'm like, no, today is the day to work out and to and to train even harder because of the night mm-hmm. that I just had. You know, yeah. So in those moments, I mean, dude, it sucked. And that was a hard workout. That was a really yeah, difficult no. workout, just having yeah. three hours of sleep. But then that's what, but my mind was on like, man, this day is going to be horrible because I only had three hours of sleep. I mean, the negative self-talk, dude. I mean, people like you and I who have accomplished a lot, right? Because I've got a company that's going public. I've made movies. I've got a podcast that's all over the world. You know, I've yeah. got a great personal brand. I have eight, 75 people as of last week, the recent acquisition that work for me, you know, mm-hmm. in the company. So it's like, there, there's a lot of stuff that looks great, but still that those days happen. And this is what we're talking about. Those days happen to where I still give myself a, a healthy dose of negative self-talk. Yep. It happens. It's human. And the thing is, the longer you sit in it, the, the, the longer it lasts. Like yep. those days, 
I used to think I had to battle after sports, the fitness stuff too. And there's something intimate about that whole, the training thing. It's the one thing that's like, it's just connected. I can see on somebody yeah. whether or not you take care of your body. And you're right, man. The days you got to do are the days you don't want to. But there is something that happens when you get that thing done and you step out of it. You feel like a superhero. Yeah. Like I'm a badass now, right? Can, you need well, to yeah, have dude, that Yeah, dude. I felt back on track. Yeah. yeah. And I was supposed, I mean, yeah. I was at a in, a, in a city for a company that I just acquired, right? And that was the day yeah. of like, meet the CEO day. Like mm-hmm. the, so it was just three hours the night before of sleep. That's it. And I'm like, oh man, today's going to suck. I got to, I have mm-hmm. to speak, which I'm good at. I know that, but I'm like, oh, I'm not going to be that great today. Right. Yeah. The, the negative, yeah. cause I only got three hours of sleep, but then I, I, I pushed myself to get in the gym at the hotel and yeah. at, coming out of them, like, all right, I'm cool. Let's do this. You do your thing. Dude, this yeah. happened to me just last week, man. I went to Indy for a speech and I landed. I don't know why, but I, you know, sometimes like you roll around, you're like, gosh, I've been rolling around for a little bit. And it's got to be yeah. like an hour. I, roll, I look at the clock. It's 3.45 in the morning. I'm like, I, this has been like five hours of rolling around. And then like, I'm like, all right, I got to go to sleep. And I get back up and it's like, it's maybe an hour. It's like 7.15. I got to get up and I go, I got to leave the hotel at 9.30. I can sleep longer or I, have, I always get up and go to the gym before, before any speech. And so I get up and go to the, you know, the gym. I'm telling myself, like, I got the same thing. Like, it's going to suck. And then you just go hard. Yeah. And then you show up on the stage, you feel good. And then all of a sudden I actually had more energy than I did previously, yeah, exactly. but I did. So, yep. But the majority of people, you're right, will slide out of that. They'll, they'll, they'll eat the excuse up and they'll, they'll make a good reason to not do it. And they'll feel good about themselves. They can, you know, go. But the truth is they don't get to be a, a great level. Did, right now on. question, do you always have that? Was that something was always built in you or did you build that? I had to build that over time, man. And it's a, yeah. as a work ethic, I've always had gr- great work ethic. You know, but taking care of my body, that was a, a shift in my life. You know, it, it was years ago because I grew up not understanding nutrition. I grew up not understanding fitness. And I was just mm-hmm. a typical middle-class kid. You know, the parents did not make that much money. We never really lacked as far as like the basic needs in life, shelter, food, and all of that. The, the difficulties yeah. were more like our food was like mac and cheese, right? Like spaghetti yeah. and meatballs, you know? Or a lot of it was like frozen stuff, like these frozen, I'll never forget, dude, these frozen Salisbury steaks. I can't remember the, I remember those. Dude, they're, yeah. they're gross AF. Yeah. <laughs> now I look back, it's like, oh my God, I was putting that stuff into my body. And I think yeah. it's like, how did I even survive that? But I remember also, this is, a, this is something I usually never talk about, but you know, I would have like this, because there would be five of us right in the family, and it would be a package of six Salisbury steaks. And you're talking, these things were like maybe a sixth of a pound, not a lot of beef. Yeah, Plus it was poor quality stuff, right? For five yeah, people that were there. Yeah, exactly. For five people. But then I would chug like three 16 ounce glasses of milk before like mm. protein shakes were even around, but that's how I would fill myself. You know, so it'd be yeah. like a gallon a day of milk is what we went through in the household. And it was yeah, mostly because damn. of me, dude, because I would just chug it. That's where I got my protein, right? That's where I got everything yeah. from. Was that I'm, like looking back and reflecting now, that's kind of the thing, you know? But but it's like to to piggyback on what we were just saying, it's like I think what people need to get get out of the conversation right now that you and I are talking about about these days, because we can we can sit here and we can be like, Yeah, we made it through, we pushed oh, through. Man, Come on, you know. Great. Yeah. You, mm-hmm. you, you know, you gotta do that, you know, you, be, be like us. And it's like the, the point that I think you and I are both trying to make is that the days are still going to happen and it's okay to have the bad days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but the, the, mm-hmm. your responsibility to yourself to actually show yourself respect is to not let that bad day turn into a bad week or a bad oh, week yeah. turn into a bad month. You know, mm-hmm. and that's where it, like, even with the negative self-talk that you and I have that we still fall victim to at some point in time, we don't allow ourselves to become the abuser as well. Because when you allow yourself to be a victim to yourself, you're both the abuser and the victim in yeah. that scenario. 
So yep, you can take away the victimhood by removing that other side of the equation and saying, I'm going to get back on this train, whatever that looks like for whoever's listening, right? Whether it's getting into the gym, whether it's, you know, picking up the book in the morning, whether it's eating the breakfast, whether it's getting in your car and going to the office, whatever it is, get back onto your normal rhythm so that yeah. that bad day doesn't turn into a bad week, month, year. Yeah. Dude, that's gold right there. And that, I literally live this every day. I explain to people all the time because a lot of the work I do is I'm guiding you know, executives and clients and a lot of it is that. Like they, oh, I fell off. And then yeah, you're, all of a sudden they had a bad part of the meal and then it's the bad rest of the week of the meal yeah. and a bad month. Of the meal. Yeah. It's like, dude, just get back on. Now I notice this with people when they just, when I haven't worked with them, they kind of have a conversation. Usually the, the discipline is discipline to an emotion. I mean, they do mm. it when they feel like it. Now I'm curious. How much you discipline to a plan, a structure? Like, do you have a calendar that's dialed in or you kind of have like a, a good flow of how you feel? I'm just curious how this is for you. Yeah, man, that's a good question. I started something about two years ago called time blocking. And yep, after I had started it, I saw a Harvard article, like from Harvard Business Review or something, that that's out of 100 ways, that's the number one way to stay disciplined th during the day. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. is, a, there's different people that like different things. Like certain people will like calendar schedule to the minute, right? And as I'm the CEO of a larger company now, I mean, we went from like 1 million, we finally broke a million in revenue like four years ago, and now we're approaching 20 in just four years. So it's like getting a 1 million took 10 years, dude, you know? Yeah. And then like the right. acceleration happened after that. You know, once I learned, I had to get over some of my own stuff in order to break through those barriers and those revenue plateaus. And mm -hmm. Some executives I know, or just some people in general, like even moms, right? They'll like to have the, the day planned out to the minutes. And that works for mm -hmm. some people. For me, I need a little more fluidity, you know, yeah, which is I why time blocking works so well for me. You know, I'll do Mondays are my days to prepare for the week. So if it's in the business, it's doing one-on-ones uh, with my people. I do a CEO talk every morning uh, on the Mondays that goes out yeah. to the entire company. It's broadcast live. That's how I maintain culture at least one mm -hmm. way that I try to do it. But then I do Smart. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays in the mornings are reserved for internal. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like us literally right now, right? Wednesday afternoon yeah. is reserved for external. So that can be Smart. podcasts, that can be, you know, external vendor meetings, maybe an acquisition, whatever it is, informing new connections, events, whatever, man. And then Fridays yeah. are just, just a day that's open for whatever I might need to kind of fill the week Smart. out. Yeah, I like that. My my Tuesdays, wife and I do workouts Monday and Wednesday mornings. Oh, sorry, cool. Monday and Friday mornings. Uh, she does track. I do. I'm doing master's track with her. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, kind of the same flow. Tuesdays That's usually awesome. a day of just creation. Whatever I got to create, develop, like build content. It's just kind of yeah. it's my thing. I'm going to go at my own pace. I'm going to take away. Uh, the other days, like these are podcast days, like your Wednesday, Thursday. Friday is kind of the same. First half and then the second half of the day. I try to get like a good like tightening up of the week on a Friday so I can pick my yeah. kids up and be dad. Yep. So I like it. And I was asking it because most people I find like when they fall off track, they, they can't get back on because there was no rhythm. You said the word rhythm and I loved it. There's no rhythm they're already setting. Yeah. They're just kind of like, I'm, I'm going to feel good. I'm going to get things done. I'm right. And then all of a sudden the emotion disappears and then the actions disappear. And all of a sudden yeah. the life goes downhill. Uh, when you noticed yourself doing this time blocking, what, what was the uptick? Now, obviously you said four years ago, you get, was it a couple of years of kind of you know, getting a good tick or was it always taking like what happened that you can go like, dude, this wouldn't happen if I wasn't time blocking? Any of this, literally anything where I'm at right now, I'm talking going yeah. public, I'm talking the show, the podcast, getting the word is, you know, I'm mm -hmm. grateful. It's like, it's four and a half years now into the show, like 400 episodes, man. It's like top 2% in the world. And nice. that's no promotion whatsoever. But it's it, rolling. But exactly. When I, when it started to take off though, is when I, cause I used to like schedule these things all over the place, you know, and it felt, mm -hmm. and it wasn't the case because when we, when we pushed to two episodes a week, 
you know, there was a, there, it was a shift, right? To make shift happen. We, that was the shift that we had two years ago, doubled the downloads. I mean, it was a nice strategy because I already had a good following on it. Yeah. But then yeah. when we were bringing on so many guests at the time, I mean, it was like two guests a week and it, I felt like I was doing nothing but podcasting. And I saw that even the business was suffering and even my family was suffering. You know, there, there yeah. was just almost no time to do anything. So I'm like, I need to designate and I didn't read an article on this. You know, it was just it's really gonna get done. Huh? Yeah, it's like I, I need to have this stuff grouped in certain areas. So this is what I'm gonna do, right? And that that's it's been that way now for a couple of years with the time blocks that I gave you. I it's funny because what I saw in some of my people too, right, like surrounding me, is that at first it was a little bit difficult. Like if you have a team, right, it was a little bit difficult for them to adjust. I'm like, this is what I need to do in order to lead effectively in order to have us. Cause I'm seeing areas that are suffering and I need to get my own stuff corrected first mm -hmm. and then we can figure out everything else. So if I get into this rhythm with time blocking, I know that everything is else is going to fall into place because then I won't be scattered all over the place or, or pulled yeah. in 18 different directions, you yeah. know? And while yeah. and it's like the thing, it's like people start to use the word priorities. I hate the word priorities, man. Interesting. Because it, there's so many things that can be important at one time. True. Yeah. So it's like, how do you decide between, you know, it, it's almost an impossible decision sometimes between spending time with your kids and doing what's going to leave the legacy for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And th that Thank internal you. struggle is, is something that also I will always continue to battle with. So it comes with moment to moment, but time blocking helped that to where I can actually dedicate those moments of those days towards different things that all matter in my yeah. life. So there's, yeah. a, there's, there's priorities, but all those things are a priority. Yeah. They all fit in there. That's I, I, I literally schedule time with my wife, time with my kids. Like yeah. it all becomes part of it. I've been doing this, I think 2011, somebody kind of introduced me to the idea. The last kind of five years, I really settled it in. And it's allowed me to have a lot of peace. I tell people I can conclude a day and be at peace with the pieces. Yeah, there you go. I love that. During that time, right? And, and which is also why it's so incredibly important that if the day says to do this, I don't, like, obviously you can have, but like, I don't, I don't get to have bad days. I can't have off days. So I've got to be dialed in structure. So if I wake up like just, you know, last night, I had one of these weird nights. I didn't sleep really well. Yeah. And it was nothing more than like I'm battling with my youngest son and some stuff for him. And, and I'm going to have to coach these kids. And then he didn't make this all-star team. But I got to coach the all-star team. And it's because of his lack of effort. It's weird stuff. I just didn't sleep well. But I didn't get to wake up today and go like, all right, I'm just going to hop on and go, hey, Rick, I had a bad day. Like, I don't get the gift to do that. I yeah, it's no not joke, high man. Comp. <laughs> I feel you. Rock, that rock and roll, right? But some people will. Some people go like, oh, I had a bad day. So it's why like, I don't. If you want to be great, man, be great. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you just go up and you do, and it'll all figure itself out. Because now I'm good and I'm in a great mood because I chose to do that. Now, part of the time blocking that kind of has built up to a point where you've done some amazing things. You've kind of alluded to some stuff, and you, before we started, had talked to a couple of things that are going on. I'd love for you to share, kind of like you said, what's going on, what you're excited about, and I want to kind of poke in and find some areas we yeah. can extract some human lessons from the experience. That's cool. You bet, man. I. Uh, by trade, and I've gone through, I say by trade, but there's been many things in my life. And this is another thing that I just sort of fell into was technology. Uh, I actually started my, if you want to say professional career, 
I'm talking after the McDonald's job, right? Because I was an assistant manager at McDonald's. So we'll talk about yeah. after McDonald's. Then I became the youngest store manager in Radio Shack history at the time. As soon as I turned 18 years old, I was I, I was given my own store. But that's wow. because I, I sold really well, dude. I, I love, yes. you know, and people can find this on, on Instagram, on my show, where I tell the story about how when I was 17 over Christmas, I made a $30,000 commission check from selling cell phones, you know, wow. in like 1997. Wow. Yeah, and that's yeah. A, that's a lot for a seventeen-year-old dude to kind of yeah. walk away in a month with thirty k. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> it, it changed my perspective on a lot of things, you know. And it was just that was consistency and discipline too, because I go back to like my story. Another story I love telling is like McDonald's, right? It's like, how do I sell? Well, do you want fries with that? You know, there's always the opportunity for the upsell. There's always the opportunity to bring more value. There's always the opportunity to allow them the choice of something additional. Right. And that's, that's the best way to sell, man. But then I moved from Radio Shack into doing uh, like enterprise level IT, you know, cause I, I moved into like working in a warehouse for a bit, but then they're like, you're, you're kind of smart. Can you come here? So I was trained on the job with Merrill Lynch and I, I loaded, built 15,000 servers, 120 something thousand computers and rolled it out to, to their branch offices across the country. And that, that was getting my feet wet in technology. And then I moved on to Geek Squad. I was the very first Geek Squad agent in That's Chicago. Fun. Right, and that was yeah. fun. Dude, I got photos, man. I got a big old gut. I don't got the gut anymore, thank God, right? <laughs> but I mean, that I was like this typical sort of IT guy, but that was the same yeah. thing. It's like out of a test store, corporate was always that. It's like, why are your per ticket amounts, your dollar amounts three times higher than the other six test markets that we have? And I went back to the same thing. It's like, well, do you want fries with that? You ever go to McDonald's? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. if I'm there in front of somebody. Yeah, better. yeah if, I, if I'm ever in front of somebody, like in their house or in their business when I was there, it's like, why shouldn't I ask them if there's something else that I can do? You know, or if I see something that I can do, be like, hey, I'll take care of this while we're here. Yeah. Yeah. And th there's a, and I, th I think we talked about like a little bit pre-show, right? People's relationship with money a little yeah. bit. And mm -hmm. this is an area where I think that there's some toxicity in individual's relationship with money, especially salespeople, because there's what? a phrase that I learned about people selling with their own wallets. Uh, uh, yeah, I know what you mean. They're scared to ask, yeah. dude, <laughs> because they're thinking, I, I, well, I wouldn't spend the money. Well, it's like, are you, are you providing value? Well, then if yeah. you're providing value and you're providing a service or you're gi giving a product, it's just a fair exchange. That's all it yeah. is. Right, and you're actually doing that person a disservice. You are disrespecting them by not offering that additional value when it's something that you could provide to them. Yeah, I mean, that's I just. Where I had a guy do this, a salesperson, and it was struggling. He wasn't making any money. I go, what is going on? He goes, Well, I can't even afford this stuff. So how you know how can I get them to buy? And I go, Bingo. Do you think the people that sell Rolls Royces are affording a Rolls Royce? Like usually not, but you just, you still sell it because it can yeah. help them. It's, it was the craziest thing, but you're right. People, I've never heard of it said like that. I love that you said people it like People buy that. with their own, or they'll sell with their own wallets. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's a, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah Cause I, I don't think I made that up. I think that's something I heard a long time. I won't take credit for it. It's a good it. one no. though. I'll keep saying it it's though. It's a really good one. <laughs> you you <laughs> too. A lot about, about things you battle with. And I, yeah, salespeople are always an interesting thing. Even if it's not a salesperson yourself. Yeah. Like you yourself selling yourself. That's a big piece of it too. Yeah, man. And what, so what, what was your original kind of conversation or thought with money before it's changed to what it is now? Oh, prior, prior to anything I just told you, you know, I use this example all the time. My parents had an amazing relationship. My dad passed away when I was just 16. So I actually had, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm grateful 
versus my brother and sister who are just 10 and 11. I mean, that's, that's rough too. But I got to know my parents a little bit longer, right? Because I was a little bit older. And yeah. the only thing, amazing relationship they had, the only thing I ever really saw them fight over, like knock down, drag out fights. I mean, I'm not talking like the little tiffs that couples get into, right? You know, or the, or the arguments. Again, people have bad days, right? That amazing marriage from my perspective. They had an amazing marriage. I had a great childhood. And I saw them, the only fights they really ever had were over money, you know, or really like the lack of. So rather than having any sort of lack, I started thinking really, really young. It's like, well, lack kind of sucks. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what my observation was. And in those 16 years of my life, it's like, why would I ever want to be in a position of lack? Mm-hmm. And that I learned as, as becoming more emotionally mature, you know, and I learned that that is actually a choice to be in a position of lack. And I'm not talking about external circumstances, right? But lack has to do with resources, which I believe, I don't believe that lack has to do with a shortage of money, Mm -hmm. right? Money is the tool that will provide you the resources that then get you the things that you want. So default, right? You kind of have to be rich to have the life that you want. You know, because you, you, you want to do things, but in order to do things, you have to have things, even like fitness, like we were talking about, right? Yeah. You have to have a gym, you have to have equipment, you have to have a gym membership, which yeah. requires those resources that require money to get. True. So if you're in a position of lack anywhere around there, you're not going to have what you want. So rather than focusing, like I saw with my parents, right? Because they would fight over the lack. It's like, well, what if there's no lack? Or what if there's a, there's a gap, right? Gap is different to me than a lack because gap is temporary to me, right? There's yeah. something that you can fill versus lack is something that you can actually, I, I feel it's a negative force and you can actually put focus on that in a yeah. very bad way. Well, what if there's no lack? That's the question that I ask myself. Yeah. It's then what question. would I do? Uh, and that's, that's the whole thing. Because you might be in a p- place right now, you know, n- not necessarily you, but people that are listening to where you don't think that you can obtain what you really want. All right, well, what if you had everything you needed to get that? What would you start doing? And if you start thinking down that path, it's like, cool, how can I then make shift happen, right? Mm-hmm. How can I yeah. start to go in that That's direction cool. to cause that? And yeah. it, rather than focusing on the lack, you're actually focusing on abundance and obtaining the stuff mm-hmm. that you need, the resources that you need in order to get what you want. I agree, man. There's a guy named, you know, versus uh, the TV show American Gladiator. Oh, yeah, dude. I used to you know, watch it all the time Dan. with my dad. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Remember Nitro? Nitro. Damn, Nitro. Yep. Yeah, dude. He was so, the yeah. dude. <laughs> He's a great guy, man. I had him on the podcast a little while back. They actually had a new uh, a Netflix doc, mini what doc. Is he, is he like 60 something now, bro? He's gonna... uh, I don't know. He might, be, he might be in his late 50s, early 60s, okay. probably early 60s. Yeah, but he's still in shape, man. He gets down. Nice. But he said this one thing in a podcast I love, and he says, action and suffering. Oh. I don't know where he got it from, but like what you're talking to kind of is that thing, right? It's, it's, yeah. we, we suffer, we have lack, we have, I grew up the same way. I was a guy that like when my family, when Goodwill didn't want the clothes for the rack, like they give the bags away. We were the people that got the bags sometimes. I got one pair of shoes all year. Yeah, I would dude. lace up my Nike Cortez with paper clips because I was running holes in the side by being a little active kid. And so he said that, and it's true because a lot of the time, and it doesn't, his thing, it's not that a positive action a joyful action, the action you want to take will end the suffering. It's an action will. And typically, you're not going to feel like doing it. Yeah. You just have to do yeah. it. That's so what you're talking to is like, yeah, you can have lack, but 
that that doesn't have to be a death sentence. You can you go do something about it. But most people, yeah, I find that most people will, uh, they'll fight for the limitation. I think Gay Hendricks says, <laughs> if you fight for limitation, you get to keep it. And people will fight for that poverty and that limitation all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. That's like Stockholm syndrome almost, right? Yeah. You get used to that position and you get pre-wired that way, but then you start to yeah. get down on yourself. So then, then it becomes an issue of self-worth. You know, I think that's really what, what causes people to get stuck in that to where, as you're saying, and I love that phrase, as you're fighting for the limitation, mm-hmm. it's an issue of self-worth, you know? So if you start to look back at your life and again, I say it, I'll say it again. I had a great childhood, you know, extremely supportive parents very supportive and i know uh, there's a lot that have not had the joy of that specific thing right they might have been abusive parents or absent parents you know i i didn't go through that yeah so if you did though obviously you can make that shift in your life for your kids because you can recognize same same way that i did if i saw like the lack of money was the only thing that that caused my parents to fight that lack it's like cool then what if i had no lack Right. So you can ask the same question. What if my kids had a parent that was present, that was around, that did support them, that always built them up, that worked on their self-esteem? Right. And that feeds into social media issues, too, dude. I love going on the news and talking about the algorithm and the the whole body shaming thing because uh, I fight back. Right. It's like politically, I'm kind of like right down the middle. But I loved when I was on, I think it was Newsmax and I went head to head with Bob Sellers, the anchor. And he was like, he's going after big tech because Newsmax is very hardcore right wing, right? I'm talking like almost like, you know, MAGA, Tea Party, that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And he's going, he's like, yeah, but what about big tech? Aren't they responsible? I'm like, I'm like dude, if you really want to go there, let's talk about responsible parenting. Yeah, man. The issues with kids, right? And this is full circle. The issues with kids on social media have to do with self-esteem, self-worth. Yeah. If you build that up in your kids when they're young, they're not going to have any issues with any algorithm because they're not going to feed that that negative void in their life that you, that the parents failed in those moments to fill. And I understand. Morning about it. What's that? This morning? No. Oh wow! I was, was there like, one out there this morning? <laughs> you must have read it. So today, I think there was forty-one new states. Actually, forty-one states um, did new lawsuits against. Facebook, which, you know, meta slash Facebook because of that, because nice. they're saying that the, all the, the numbers show there's a higher level of, uh, you know, oh, is this the misinformation, in, not so much the misinformation, okay. but it's saying that all the mental health issues, there's more suicide you know, yeah. threats. And, and they're saying that it's, it, that it's social media's fault because they knowingly have this platform out. And because of the comparison and my wife and I just had this conversation before she took off and I sent it to her and I go, the issue isn't the social media platform. Yeah. It's that these kids, are, the, I think part of it is, yes, it's not, it's not that, that being built in the kids, how great you are with their parents or subjecting them to situations to have them do something they're proud of. But I think also part of it is like you, you're in a situation where you, you, you have these people that are just, it's not the social media platform's fault that your kid is spending five hours on these things yeah. just to suck their soul. Yeah. Like, so you can't, it's like, it's weird. It's like saying, you know what? Let's now go after McDonald's because you're fat. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Yeah, like exactly. you can't do that. It's yeah. just, but that's, yeah, it's crazy. That's what's going on with it all. It's so odd. That is I crazy. you just read that. Like, I no, I the like, one oh. I did read this morning, though, was about uh, the Supreme Court is now hearing the case because it was uh, Florida and Texas that have mm-hmm. appealed now to get to the Supreme Court about misinformation, you know, re- really mm-hmm. about censorship. And yeah, that, that's there right now. Yeah, because they're trying to say, hey, social media should not have the ability to delete tweets, delete posts any of that yeah i'm i'm with them on that i mean what's the point of free speech right if it becomes arbitrary i'm completely in support of that 
Yeah, there's something they were trying to do where the administration was trying to pull stuff down too. And that's what it was. The social media shouldn't be able to, but it's Dude, a crazy proof of that. Working, yeah, working with the, the FBI and then the pressure from the FBI, like in the last yeah. election cycle. I mean, that stuff's yeah, all over Netflix. Go just watch Netflix. There's documentaries on there about that Everything's stuff. out there, yeah. right? Dude, crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. But then the thing, the, the also part of that, we go, let's, let's not blame ourselves, right? So yeah. I think there is something to go back to even with our conversation. The money stuff is like taking a personal ownership. Like, yeah. like having your own sense of like, you know what? It's all going on, but I got to be my, I got to be the boat in this ocean, but I got to be the one with the rudder. Like I got to be in control of this thing. When, when you kind of look back, were there any times when you kind of were like, weren't, felt like you weren't controlling things, weren't like kind of where you wanted to be and like, did, did getting control help you? Which I'm assuming it's a yes. Yeah. And what did that look like for you? So someone listening can go like, oh, that's what it could look like for me. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is what I was saying. Cause uh, the only thing that really gets to me ever you know, and I'm an extremely positive person. I mean, people will will tell me, it's like, you're the most positive person I've ever met. I'm like, that's great. That's mm-hmm. actually a practiced muscle, right? It's, nice. a, it's just yeah. like anything else. It is a practice muscle, you know, giving gratitude every day, focusing on the stuff that I have rather than the stuff that I have not. And mm-hmm. money is still the thing. And it's probably because that might be the thing that I only ever saw my parents fight about was the lack you know, so if it comes to business, if it comes to life, whatever, when I start to see a shortage in some areas, you know, and I start to freak out a little bit, right? And I've gotten better at this because the freak outs, you know, that might be a little bit of a dramatic statement, but when I, I yeah, but to me it is because I don't like it. I don't like mm-hmm. having that scenario in my life. So I'll call it that. I'll call it the most negative thing in the world. That's why I just get this bad taste in my mouth about it. And then I yeah. can make a shift, right? Mm-hmm. So I take a look at at that and it's like how long can that freak out last right and sometimes i catch myself like it was maybe eight months ago you know because in the process everybody's like oh you're going public this is great you know and it's like celebratory like do you have any idea it's like you, you don't know like the stuff that went on like behind closed doors trying to make this stuff happen you know i mean i, I was excited it was like Two weeks ago, I signed my personal name to the last million dollars in debt to get this latest acquisition. Going mm-hmm. public means I'm never going to have to do that again. Like put my own yeah. assets on the line for something mm-hmm. like that. It's literally all in. Like that's the name of my show. That's the theme of my life. It's like I'm throwing everything in. Uh, yeah. And eight months ago, I came the closest ever, you know, having all these new employees and everything to two days away, two days, man, from not being able to make payroll. Wow. Yeah. And. What I had recognized, because the freak out that I'm referencing probably happened like six weeks prior, because I could start to see this and I'm good at strategy, good at future casting and seeing it's like, there's going to be a problem. I can see that it's going to come because of some of these things. So we need to make some shifts. And I started like pulling back on stuff, but then every single day started focusing on what I didn't have. You know, on, on the lack and it, it took me two weeks and it, it's like, even right now, it's like, I want to vomit as I say that, right? Because it took me two weeks to get to the point to where I just, it just clicked in my head. Right. And there's good, there's things I, I fully believe that you have to have surrounding yourself, but both people and other reminders, other anchor points in order to bring you back to reality, bring you back to who you are, you know, and one of the things is actually up on a black uh, it's a black glass dry erase board, right? And it says, I have a $10 million company. Mm. You know, and I wrote that in September of last mm. year. Mm. Yeah. So when this happened, right, I had gone from like one to 5 million in a matter of a year. You know, and I'm like, that's cool. That's great. But now I'm like, there's these hardships, right? We're doing this. And we came two days away from making payroll. It took me two weeks. And that was one of the anchor points when I looked at them. I'm like, oh yeah, 
that's right. I'm like, dude, you're an idiot. Like, you take the moment and look in the mirror. It's like, take a look at what you actually do have. Like, no joke. It's like, what do you have right now? What resources do you have? What, who do you have surrounding you? How have you gotten through this before? And you start to come to the realization in those moments where it's like, huh, I have all that I need. I have everything that I need in front of me. So then the way, and, and people ask, how do you stay so positive? And it's like, when I recognize that, when I have all that I need, every single day you do all that you can do. Yeah. And that's it. As long as you recognize that you have all you need and you show up every day doing all that you can do that day, that's it. You'll get another day tomorrow and you'll get another day the next day to do the exact same thing. And when you're consistent in those disciplines of just bringing everything you got to every single day, there has never been a scenario to where it has not panned out for me. I like it, man. Even two days away, dude. (laughs) Yeah. You just, you tap into a different part of yourself. It's like the whole, I think Goggins talks to the fact of like, whatever you think you're at your most, you're at like maybe 40%. You're still holding 60 you haven't tapped into. And most people don't get to the point of having to tap in or they don't take that next yeah. level and step into it, which I, I love because this whole, the whole work I do is all around identity. Who are you? It's, it's, uh, it's not what you have. It's who you are with what you have. And I, I love the mentality you're having because I think the, the people I talk to, you know, you, you interact with on a daily basis, there's this, this part of them that is almost like searching for the, a good enough excuse or like kind of like the, I want to say like your acceptance of the fact that they can give a little bit less energy. Like it's, it's too hard. Oh yeah. You know, it's going to be hard. So yeah, that's what, and and all those things, I, the way I look at it as I go, you're never going to fully know unless you've given all of it and and you're going to have to give all of it without a full, a full definitive guarantee of success. That's the thing people struggle with. That's what I battle with my youngest son right now. It's like the whole Mm -hmm. idea of Cain and Abel. If you understand that story, it's like Cain and Abel, God said, give, give me all of your thing. Right. And I'll give you, I'll give you my blessing. Abel gives all. And God says, thank you. And my, you know, my son, I thank you so much. And Cain goes, I want to give you this much, but I want the same praise as Abel. God says, that's not how it works. And yeah. so Cain being pissed, he didn't get all of God's grace because he didn't eat. He wanted to get a hundred with only giving 80. So Cain figures, well, if I just kill Abel, then I'm going to be good. Right. So he kills yeah. his brother. But the idea is like, you can't, you can't give some and get all, you got to give all. And, and, I, and, well, and, it's, and it's not just like all your, it's your energy. Like you said, give everything you got. Cause when you actually do that, uh, I've, I don't know people that give everything they got and go, I gave everything I had and it never, ever worked out. Like, no, oh, I know. you didn't. Yeah. Just, if yeah. we're being honest, you yeah. didn't. Exactly. It makes you feel good though, doesn't it? Like in the moment, but that's, that's coming back to victimhood, right? Yeah, that, that somebody who says that, like when they actually didn't, they know that they didn't, right? It's yeah. just, it's like the same thing about when you know you have an issue with yourself, it's a lot easier to point something else out in somebody else. Yeah. It's the same yeah, scenario yeah, being like, oh, I gave everything that I had, even though you know you didn't. But your ability to say that releases you at least mentally from your responsibility in creating whatever shit pool you just put yourself in. Exactly. Oh, dude, that's, yeah. Preaching to the choir on that one. I fully, (laughs) because you know what it is, is is, uh, I hate when people go, I've tried everything. Yeah. Well, you did. And you if I could say, if I can list one, one single thing, there's a possibility you didn't write. Yeah, but I've tried everything. She started listing things. Did you do that? No, this, no. I go, so you didn't do everything. You did everything that you know how to do or feel comfortable doing. Mm. Cause I guarantee there's something that you know of the stupid balloons. My computer's doing things. <laughs> That's great. If you're watching, if you're listening to this right now, you know, and you're not watching this, this, the, these balloons just came out, these reactions. I've been noticing this on zoom. I've been noticing this on Google meet lately. Right. But the funny thing is dude, it never works for me. Like everybody oh, else, right. I can do the thumbs yeah. up and there's like nothing. 
Well, right? did you upgrade to uh, to Sonoma? I think it's an Apple Sonoma thing. It's the new op- operating software. People oh, think wow. it's Zoom. Okay, it Zoom. I thought I did. Maybe yeah. I didn't. I don't know. I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. I lost my train of thought. But, That's uh, hilarious. Oh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, it was inside that idea. Like, there's things that you know to do that you won't do, or you don't have the ability to drop the ego enough to ask for help. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I don't know what I'm doing, and, and so when anybody does that inevitably they're successful. Like it's, it's not even an accident. Like we talked about before, it's a certain part of your identity of who you are, where you just, you touch things, people go, oh, this guy, man, Rick's got the Midas touch. No, Rick's identity is designed in a way over a lot of time and energy to become the person he is. So the way that, that he patterns and thinks is just instinctual to him and it's foreign to you. When you can level that, that level, then it becomes the same. It's instinctual, it's natural. It looks effortless, right? Yeah. But it's not. It was built through a lot of time. And a lot of action and trauma too, man. No joke. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that everybody who does th- things great in this world are people that also went through some of the greatest tragedies and traumas in their life. I agree. Yeah, it causes. Yeah, hundred percent agree. You know, and it doesn't have to be something like like your dad dying, like mine when I was sixteen. I mean, it could be anything. It could be the loss of a relationship, a marriage, you know, mm-hmm. ju- loss of a your dream job, right, or an injury in the NFL. You know, just yeah. anything. Any, I mean, that's trauma, bro. You know, so, and is. then those are those are the things that can cause the shifting points in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they genuinely can. I, I feel like I was just talking. It might have been an earlier episode I was recording with somebody, and I was a kind of the conversation. It, it talks at a point that like it's the it's the adversity that shapes us yeah. in ways that people don't understand. And then we talked a little bit more about how do you get kids to do that who are privileged and that whole conversation. But really. It's individuals. I have a take painting away in my, the privilege. My yeah, you take it away. <laughs> That's my kids, man. They work. Yeah. They work for money, right? There's the right. stuff that and I yeah. gave them, and it's yeah. it's things that they would normally buy. Like I said, here's something I will suggest to anybody, right? Especially entrepreneurs and business owners. It's a great yeah. tax benefit, by the way, too. I'll, I'll put it that way, right? Yeah. Because you can give anybody under the age of sixteen. I think it's six to sixteen. Well, yeah, yeah, it's something like, 12 like to 14, that. 000. Exactly, twelve to fourteen thousand a year. Exactly, mm-hmm. but. I didn't just like start sending the money to them because it started with each of them when they were 12 years old, right? And just like giving them the, the dollars every single month and be like, here you go. It's like, no, yep. you're doing this. You can do some work, mm-hmm. right? You can come to my office. You can do certain things. You know, I don't care what it is. You know, even if it's cleaning toilets or whatever it is at that point, you can do yeah. something to earn this, you know? So figure it's like 20 bucks an hour and you'll work 10 hours a week. You know, that's, that's kind of what it, what it came out to be. And also out of this money that you're earning, you can also buy your essentials. You can buy your hairspray, you can buy your deodorant, you can get some clothes that you want. Of course, I'm still putting a roof over your head, but that's mm-hmm. when you're saying like, how to, how to do it. Cause my kids, let's be real, right? I'm a white dude, right? I'm a millionaire. My kids are privileged, <laughs> just bottom line. But, the, but that's the thing. It's like, how do you, how do you hold that? Like I did not come from privilege. My parents Same. fought over money. My dad maybe made 40 K a year. My mom watched five kids in our house to try to supplement the income you know Mm -hmm. five of other people's kids is what i'm saying it's like i did not come from that so Mm -hmm. understanding the lessons that i learned it's like how do you help that with privileged kids you take away the privilege in certain areas yeah Mm -hmm. i i tell my people like you can't rob your kids that are hardships or you i've told my son many times ago if you enjoy your lifestyle you have to realize that you will never have this unless you level at a point where i'm trying to get you to be yeah and so for us i don't i don't give my kids that like my kids lose stuff. They're going to have like, five. we'll buy them like cleats for sports, right? 
But my son one time lost a $300 bag of, of like baseball stuff. And he goes, oh, let's go get some more. I go, oh, <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> so I was like, let's find a minimum. And he, I made him work the full 30 hours at $10 an hour. And like, and now he's in college, thousands of dollars saved up, you know, because he understands the value of money. Yeah. And my, my twins, like, so I'm the big in the same way, man. I, I think that people look at that and they go, it's difficult. But the thing is, that's a gift to them. That, is. that is a tool yeah. that they intangibly are developing so that later on when they leave my household, they can recreate or elevate in the lifestyle that they've been given. And, and that's what we're trying to do. I think when we, like you said, I, I came from nothing. You climb up. I don't want my kids to have to go through that stupid wave of like, you know, let's say um, weak men make um, hard times, hard times make strong men, strong men make weak times. And, you know, and it's that yeah, cycle. It's I go, cycle. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Like there's a possibility that we go, hey, this is how we're going to develop the men in our family, women in our family. We're going to do these things. And this is how we structure to where they're teaching yeah. them. So now you're actually having a genuine stepping stone to a higher place in life. But not if you just do things for your kids. Like that whole, yeah. what was that? Remember Dr. Phil, that girl comes on and her mom's giving her stuff. I think I should have $1,400. And Dr. <laughs> Phil goes, I think you should get a job. No, no she's crying. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. Yep. That's, That's cool. what happens. There's a lesson. Like, Take away the privilege, right? <laughs> Take it away, dude. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean to make it sound like bad parents either, because I, I believe that both of us are very good parents, you know. And it's it's in those moments too, because it's it's like when a kid's learning to walk, like when you're watching your one year old, right, or or eleven month old learning to walk, you're right there behind them, right? In yeah. case they fall, you know, so they don't you know, you're holding your hand over like the end table on the corner so they don't like clock their head and cause a hemorrhage, exactly. right? Yeah, mm -hmm. that's the same thing with this too. Uh, it's like it was a, it was a couple months ago. My daughter got down to I think it was like five dollars in her checking account, and it was a mm -hmm. week before she got paid again. And, I, and yeah. it's, she's like, "What?" She's like, "Well, I kind of need some of this stuff." And I'm like, "Okay, so what do you want to do?" Like, I put it back on her. She's like, yeah. "I think I'll be okay. I can wait because I can stretch this stuff out that I have." Like, so I'm I'm just talking like hairspray or something, you know? She's mm -hmm. like, "I can make this work." And there's some other things. So she had to sign up for something else, and this was awesome, dude. Because even out of all this. My kids will now register for things themselves. Like they're in theater. They will go and pay that money, like the $400 registration or the application yeah. fee for the company themselves. And they don't even ask. Like they don't, yeah. hey, dad, can I have the money for this? They just go out and they do it and they take care of it. Like she yeah. also joined wow. a choir that I didn't even know about until two rehearsals into it. She's 16, <laughs> right? Because she, she signed up and paid for it herself. You know, yeah. I'm proud of my kids this way because they, they've learned these things. And even that she could... She couldn't because she had five bucks in her checking account. She couldn't pay for it right away. So she actually called them and asked saying, hey, this is my situation. Can I give it to you in a week and a half? Mm. Like, and it, that's the thing. That's asking for help, right? And yeah, they, they said, okay. But she also knows that if she didn't, like if she took that step and they would have said no, then she could have also come to me. Again, that's the helping the kids learn to walk. It's like, okay, how'd you get here? Right. What did you spend on last month? Was there, was there too many Amazon purchases, too much DoorDash, you know, whatever it is, you know, and then it's sure, of course, I'm going to help you with this. That's what I'm here for. I'm still dad. I get to, right. I get to do the things that I love to do and support you in these areas. And at the same time, I see you making good choices by trying to solve the problem on your own first. Yeah. It's beautiful, man. That's well done. I love it. I, I, seriously, those are the kind of things that I like hearing because it gives me, gives me hope for a great world, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> And it ain't the norm for everybody, man. A lot of craziness going on. I live in the Bay Area and I'm, I'm in the heart of where all these people are just, you know, running into Nordstrom's and Louis Vuitton and busting windows and stealing phones. And it's like, golly, we are doomed in some areas. You know, you see yeah. that and I hear what you're doing. It's like, that's, we're going to be good. We're going to be okay. <laughs> God, well, you know, because there are more people, I think, doing that. There is a different level, I think, because of like the time that we grew up. 
like our generation will call it. I think there's a window where we were subjected to just the right amount of, of non-technology prior to technology. Yeah, yeah. So we have the, the dance of being human and interacting with people, but also understanding tech a little, enough to be able to navigate it well. Yeah, right on. And, and, and that kind of transition period, when you got good parents who can talk to it, we're going to have some pretty solid humans, which I'm, that gives me a little more peace. I love it. Yeah, I seriously do. Uh, dude, I just realized we've been going for like almost 50 minutes and somehow- good. <laughs> hey, time flies. You have fun. You talk to good people, man. I, I love it. Uh, you're on to some cool things. I want to ask this question. If somebody was to want to go down the rabbit hole of the work you do and find out about like everything you're, you're kind of into uh, and or just kind of, you know, get lost in the world of Rick, where would I send them? Yeah. Instagram's probably the best place at Mr. Rick Jordan. Outside of that would be my website, rickjordan.tv. You'll find yeah. everything about what I'm up to on those. I mean, latest news, press releases, everything. Cool. Yeah, I saw that. Actually, it's where I went to do my brief uh, research of you. I was like, ah, oh, man, this dude's under some dope things. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. I like him. And I seriously, I appreciate your time, your energy, your focus. Uh, I appreciate you giving to your family because the way I look at it is I, my duty is to be an amazing dad because at some point my kids might interact with yours. And I want them to be yeah. like, I got Anthony did a damn good job with his kids. So thank you. Dude, so that's a great perspective. Now I want to get our kids together. For real. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I just care, man. I just, I, the world is, I want the world to be great and it starts at home. Yeah. I've always believed that. So, uh, now the last question you can answer whatever you want yep. is what promise did God or the creator make to the world when they created you? Oh, and they did. Oh, wow. That's, that's an interesting one. So what promise did God make to the world when they created me? Yeah. Yeah. That I am the promise of resources. Hmm. Yeah. And that, this is something that, that took me a while to grapple with because of, you know, I, I I have a very spiritual background. I'm God is my creator, period. I mean, that's like the end of the story to me. But when it comes to something like that, and we go back, this is full circle, man. Like everybody has a purpose on this planet and the purpose is to be here for other people. I know that I am like without a shadow of a doubt, the promise of resources for other people. I like that, man. It's beautiful. And that's, Hey man, at the end of the day, we need resources to, to thrive and survive yeah. and all that fun stuff. So that's a good one. I've yet to hear that one. I like it. Good, good answer. I like that one, Thanks, man. brother. Um, thoroughly appreciate your time. Seriously do. I know you can be doing anything with your time when you chose to kind of hang out here. Uh, those who are tuned in as well, thank you for hanging out. You could have been watching cat videos or people doing backflips or bathtubs full of Cheerios. Who knows? Those can be uh, fun too, though, right, brother? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you guys hang out with us. So if you guys got some benefit from the podcast, do whatever it was. Like, what action? Take an action. Apply that one thing. Also, if you know someone who could benefit from this episode in any way, share it with them. Sometimes you're too close to get words into their hearts, but maybe something Rick said can serve them, so share it. And outside of that, as always, make the most of your awe shift moments so you can make shift happen. It's Anthony Trucks and Rick Jordan signing off.